You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Monday, January 11th, and it's a rough one, Steelers Nation. No way around it, that was a stink burger. Losing to the Browns in a way where you hand them a lot of different advantages and you lose by 11 when you turn the ball over five times. So I've got a lot to talk about. I know you're hurting, so if you're here, we thank you for being here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. It's just me today. I'm going to go over all of it, as much of it as I can, where things went wrong, where I see things have to go, and the ultimate question that everyone's asking, was that it for Ben Roethlisberger? All that and more on today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Let's get into it. Well, ugh, that was pretty bad. <laughs> but let's uh, let's let's talk about the. We're not going to recap the game. We we know what this. I mean, we're going to talk about different parts of the game. But I'm not going to go through a play by play. This went wrong. That went wrong. Let's address things topically. What did I say had to happen in this game for the Steelers to win? They had to come out throwing the ball down the field. And what did they not come out doing? Yeah. That's what was going on. Now, granted, ain't no throwing ball down the field going to save you if Marquise Pouncey's snapping the ball over their head. But when you came out, and, and I, I, I was okay with the fullback dive to Derek Watt. First of all, where the heck was that for most of the season? But I was okay with that part. But when you're coming out and you're still trying to dink and dunk, and then Ben throws that interception over Benny Snell's head, and you're just like, what are you doing? If I'm Ben, I'm coming out, and, and this is on everybody. Tomlin, Feekner, and Ben, and anyone, and Matt Cannon, whoever else was involved in the game plan. My first few plays would have been get the ball down the field. And what's crazy is, if you look back at that first quarter when they were actually running the ball, Connor was getting space. He was getting opportunities to run. Now, we knew that wasn't going to be something you could just rely on for the entire game, but it was something like, hey, if you can open back this team off and hit them down the field – you can win. You can do things. And then sure enough, when did the offense open up? I mean, it took them being down 28 nothing, But it opened up when they started throwing the ball down the field. I mean, at that point, going up to going up to the uh, you know, the, the interception, the farthest pass that they had thrown down the field was nine yards. No, I'm sorry, that was a run. They hadn't tried a ball 10 yards yet. We'll get to the defense next segment. I just don't understand why this wasn't drilled, even beyond the play calling. Because a lot of times, y'all need to understand, it's not always play calling. It's not always, because there's oftentimes the play call's there and the quarterback doesn't take it. But then there's times where you got to sit down with Ben all week and all two weeks, because remember, he took a week off. You got to sit down with them all, all, all this time and saying, Ben, 
you're, you got to do this. you got to go after these guys. They're missing their top two starting cornerbacks. And as much as Steelers fans, I know you're out there, and you, you got a reason to bring this up, as much as you're like, well, the defense fell apart because they didn't have Bush and, uh, and Dupree and Highsmith and Hayden, guess what? They didn't have them players either. They were missing Denzel Ward, the other cornerback, Kevin Johnson, Batonio. Um, go down the list of the guys that they didn't have. And that's not to say that, that didn't hurt the Steelers, but there were points here to be to be had early in this game, and they just weren't happening. And again, they needed to come out gunning. And then the the next drive after that after that interception, Ben completes a pass for eleven yards. Then um, they get called for the holding on Filer. Also, looked like they really they should have started Dotson. But then Ben misses a wide-open juju, which would have gotten them all the yards back from the penalty and maybe even a bigger play. And then he he, uh, he throws it behind and high on Johnson. Johnson could have caught it. It would have you know would have been an impressive catch, but you know he did get his hands on it, and that leads to another interception. It's not a magic pill. It's not a it's not a, it's not a secret. It's not a it's not like a oh we need to we need the, the the tarot cards to figure out why this game why they lost this game. They turned the ball over five times, four interceptions for Ben Roethlisberger. A snap that went over its head at the start of the game. I was I've already talked to Dean and Pietro because we were on I was on uh, the final word and we got to talk after the after the show was done there before I started recording here. I'm actually still literally in WPXI as I'm recording this right now. But we we talked about it last week, and he's going to bring it up when he comes on for Wednesday's show. But he was right. They shouldn't have arrested the, the offensive players. Really shouldn't have arrested anybody. But especially Pouncey and Ben. You ain't been good enough to rest. And I get the idea of it. I'm not too mad at too mad, at, but it's like, you know what? In retrospect, just like we could say hindsight is 2020 about choosing when to punt and when not to punt. This offense needed to hit, needed to stay hot. It cooled off over a week, and you saw it took way too long to heat back up. And I look at that, and that's the main reason that they're here right now. They they turn, Pouncey comes out, his first snap, his first snap in the game, and he snaps it over Ben's head. That's on him. That ain't on the coaches. That ain't on the game plan. That was purely on him. And then Ben comes out and throws four interceptions. And the first one, absolute no-no. The second one came right after a horrible pass. And the second one wasn't a really a good pass. It did hit Johnson's hands, but it was you know going away from him. And, again, I put those two on Ben. The third one was a tip. You know, those things happen. But then the fourth one, throwing it right to the defense. I mean, again, they lose this game by two possessions, a touchdown and a field goal and a two-point conversion. And you got five turnovers. That's if you're looking for a magic pill, because I know everyone's like, "Well, what are the answers here?" Don't turn the ball over five times. And you're like, "Well, they shouldn't throw it too much." Well, that happens when you turn the ball over three times in the first three drives, and then you're down, and your team, and your team's down twenty-eight nothing to start the game, just like the Jaguars game uh, three, four years ago, three years ago. This isn't a uh, this isn't a guru type of situation. It's they needed to protect the football. Ben Roethlisberger needed to come into this game ready to protect the football, and he did not. So don't try to put blame here, there, or everywhere else. 
when it comes to those huge mistakes. Now, there's plenty of blame to go to other people. But when I look, but we we look at you know what went wrong and all the things that that went wrong, and the defense shares a lot of blame. I'm about to get to that in like two minutes. But the biggest things was the turnovers. They could not lose the turnover battle, and they got obliterated there. And it's crazy that they got obliterated there, and they only lost by eleven. I'm not done ranting. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the defense because there were a lot of problems there as well, and. Y'all know me. I don't go for coaches, but I got some coaching questions. We'll get into that right after this. Are you ready for some football? Because it's your chance to bet on football. Yes, the Steelers may be out, but there's still chances to make money, and the best place to make money is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N, locked on, for your welcome bonus of 50%. With this week's games, don't forget tonight is the national championship in college football. You can put put up money on that. You can also bet on all the divisional round playoff games, including Rams at Packers, Ravens at Bills, Browns at Chiefs, and Buccaneers at Saints. Also, plenty of prop bets to put your money on. Lots of ways to win money looking at sports, even while your Steelers aren't in it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, back in the show of figuring out what the heck just happened last night, um, let's address the defense, because they stunk. Stink, stink, stunk. And there's no way around that. Now, we can say that they eventually started to figure some things out later, but it was far too little too late. And, again, I think that there's some blame placed in the wrong areas in certain places. I saw some people saying, well, where was Mika Fitzpatrick? Well, I, I got to look at the tape, but I'm pretty sure they didn't target him too much in this game, which, which is a big part of that. Now, I will say I think that there are some clear blaming points for one. Uh, when you can't stop the run, that's an issue. We always knew that. That's something the Steelers have always been predicated on. Stop the run first, then do everything else. Um, the defensive front was not the dominant defensive front that they had been for pretty much all this season. T.J. Watt, was, you know, he had one play where he drew a holding penalty because it was a hold and it would have been a sack. But um, there was no quarterback hits in this game. None. And that's bizarre considering the offensive line that the Browns were fielding. Cam Hayward, one tackle. Ugh. Stephon Tewitt had six tackles, but wasn't getting the pressure that you needed up front. Tyson Lillou, three tackles, whatever. He's, he's, the, he's the vet backup guy. Alex Highsmith got hurt. That sucks. But, the, but you needed T.J. Watt to step up in the big game. He finished with three tackles, one for loss, and a, and a pass breakup on a tip pass. You needed him to step up, and he did not. And that's where you're a little frustrated. But, again, I don't think it's just that. Mike Hilton got hurt in this game. That sucked. But, again, I, I, don't, I don't see the, the injuries as the reasons why things went bad. Now, the Browns did really good things on offense that challenged the defense, but the defense found answers, and then it seemed to go away from it. Now, I've only literally watched the game live and then was putting together some stuff just to look at film and put things together for, you know, moving forward. But 
I've only had like one go after the game. Plus, I was on TV and now I'm here. But it seemed to me that the Steelers adjusted to more press man schemes and mixing those up when they were stopping the Browns. And then when they switched back to zone, Baker Mayfield found his comfort zone. Like, for example, if you're of the opinion that that fourth and one punt that Mike Tomlin did early in the fourth quarter, or whenever it was when they were, I think they were only down 12 at the time. And if you're of the opinion it was the dumbest call of all time, I disagree with you. It's the dumbest call of all time. I've seen a lot of dumber calls. But I felt it made a lot of sense because at the time, it was fourth and one. You ain't been converting fourth and one. You ain't been converting third and one much. Your one fullback dive, it worked the first time. The second time, they stuffed it. And your defense at that time had forced three straight punts, including back-to-back three and outs. And on the last three and out, Baker Mayfield threw a pass that should have been intercepted and returned for a touchdown by Steven Nelson. And you go out and you say, you know what? Put them deep. Maybe you get another three and out. If they get a couple first downs, okay. But you don't want to give them the ball at the midfield and all they need is one or two first downs and then they kick a field goal. But then they give up the touchdown. And I think you go back to what did they go to in those plays? You saw more times the linebackers getting up, which getting matched up with wide receivers. Now, I want to point something out. The Steelers do not come out in a play and say, Robert Spillane, you're guarding Jarvis Landry. That's not how that works. They come out and they line up in different zone looks because they, they're trying to force other mismatches. And when you're in zone, if someone recognizes you're in zone and they send a receiver into the zone of a linebacker, the linebacker still has to go after the receiver there, and that's where you get those type of matchups. It's not as simple as, uh, oh, we called man coverage, but we just lined up Robert Spillane in the flat and he's covering you know, Randy Moss. That's not, that's not how that works. But where you can avoid some of those things and where I think they started to avoid some of those things was when you said, okay, forget the zone. We're bringing man. Just beat us. Just beat us, you know, straight up. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to rely on our guys to press. Now, granted, they were starting to feel it because when Mike Hilton went down, Cam Sutton had to bump inside. And now James, you know, you got James Pierre, you know, breaking up passes 30 yards downfield on third down. And that was alarming. But again, I think that you had to stick to your guns there. I think that Terrell Evans had a rough game. Now, granted, maybe that was his shoulder or whatever because he was coming back off the injury. But, I mean, that one touchdown pass to Jarvis Landry, I mean, he just – his feet stuck in cement. And it's really weird because all season long that was not him. And we talked about that all season long and how he was covering better. He was tackling better. He was pl- making plays in the football. He was showing real progress. And then this game happened after the, after the injury he suffered. So, I mean, either way – Huge letdown from him. I saw some again. I saw some people going after Minka. I, I didn't. I'm, I'm not buying that. I'm sorry. Minka wasn't. Uh, I, mean, I got to go back and look through all the film and get the target numbers and all that. But I didn't see Minka being the the weak link of the defense that was getting targeted. Now I did see them planning around Robert Spillane and being able to take it back. I mean, there was there was one pass in the I think it was in the fourth quarter on a, a second or third down where they had Kareem Hunt in the backfield and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, you can hear him say four one four one, and they it's a drop back. Hunt goes to the flat. Spillane's a little late in reading it. Bayfield dumps it to him, and Hunt's able to beat Spillane to the spot, and he gets the first down. Those are the type of things that you needed Ben Roethlisberger to do more to find out, you know what, they got Mac Wilson out there. 
Let's picket that guy. They got backup cornerbacks out there. Let's picket those guys. And Ben didn't turn that on early enough. And ultimately, again, they lost this game by 11 points. One of the most points given up in this game, the first quarter. Twenty-eight points in the first quarter. Three of them went while the defense was on the field, and two of and two of the well, two of the 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 defensive uh, the the touchdowns where the defense gave up the points came off of turnovers. I mean, this is it's to me this is a, a huge reason why the Steelers stunk here, but. And turnovers are a culprit. But when I look at this and I say, okay, Keith Butler, and again, y'all know I'm not a coach hound. I'm not one that just bangs the table and says, ah, the coaching stinks, because that's what people do when they don't have answers and they don't want to watch film and they just want to just paint over. This this is the problem. It's this. It's that. But when I look at the film right now, again, I got to look at it some more, I look at the zone wasn't working. You don't have guys that can cover well in zone right now over the middle of the field if it's a linebacker. You need Devin Bush for that. And Spillane was obviously able to help you a little bit more, and Mike Hilton could help there. And then if Mike Hilton was there and you could have, you know, and Hayden was out there, then you could have Kim Sutton help as well. And then you had that chemistry. But when you're taken away from the middle of the field, you're going to lose that chemistry. And you got to find other ways to win, and they just didn't. And it seemed like the, the the press getting physical, getting in their face, forcing them to throw into tighter man window, uh, man coverage windows. It seemed like it was working. Again, in the second half, Browns come out with the ball, seven plays, punt, three three and out, three and out. It seemed like the defense had something going there. And it seemed like then they switched away from it. And that's where I will go after Keith Butler and say, what the heck was going on here? Now, in a general game, I understand mixing it up because you can't always call the same place because eventually then you will get burned in today's NFL especially. But in a desperation mode, when you're up against it and the other team is way ahead of you and you're scrambling for answers and the things that you normally do aren't working great, like rushing the passer, that's when you got to say, okay, new plan just for today. Forget wholesale picture things, guys. We need to make this play right here, right now. And I felt like that's where the biggest mistakes came on defense. On top of, you know, not getting after the quarterback, not stuffing the run, Mike Hilton giving up inside uh, an inside release to Jarvis Landry and then Terrell Edmonds missing him blatantly, those type of things. It's a rough end for a defense that all season long, they didn't give up 30 points and they gave up 48 in this game. Now, granted, technically they only give up, what, 41 because of the, 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 the snap over Ben's head, but that was a horrible way to go out. And you got to question yourself, like, okay, well, it's, it's, not, it's not that you get rid of T.J. Watt or Micah Fitzpatrick. You know, and maybe getting back Devin Bush helps, but you have to think that Bud Dupree's gone. And losing Highsmith in this game and needing Marsh to finish the game, that certainly was a problem. You know, but then you got to look like, okay, well, 
where does where where does the improvements come for this team? Do you keep Joe Hayden? Do you keep Steven Nelson? Both of them are over $14 million next year. That's a lot of money. You know, what do you do with Terrell Evans? What do you do with the strong safety position? I still think you keep him around because I think still think he's an asset and that this was more of an injury situation for him, but you need X factors on defense. And after that factor, you really got to look at, okay, do we really think that this is a holistic problem here for the defense? I know Tony Serino is going to say that because um, that was the whole point of the, the turnover bet because he's always hated Keith Butler. And I've kind of and I've been like, no, I don't think this is on his fault. And in 2017, when people put up, you know, point out, well, he gave up all those points to Blake Bortles. That defense was garbage. Sean Davis, Mike Mitchell, Artie Burns, those are your starters in the secondary. Joe Hayden was in his first year with the team. Mike Hilton, first year with the team. T.J. Watt, first year with the team. And the defense was predicated that season on Ryan Chazier working, and he got knocked out. Like, that's a whole different year. But this, this is different. This is where you can be like, no, 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 no. Answers need to be found in this game. And the fact that they weren't, and again, I, you got to give credit to the Browns. They took advantage of the opportunities. But I, I didn't see some master game plan that, that took over this game. I, I saw they ran. The Steelers didn't stop it. When they were in zone, Baker Mayfield was comfortable. And again, it was the Steelers' dumb mistakes that gave him the chance in this game. Pouncey snapping the ball over Ben's head. I'd say three of Ben's interceptions were horrible plays on his part and unforced errors. Not, not, oh, he was just pressured and that led to the pick, but unforced errors. And if four out of your five turnovers are unforced, that's, uh, that's a problem. But again, about the defense, I don't think this, the defense is the the project to move, you know, to to rebuild moving forward that that some people might make it out to be. I still think that, you know, you can work with the guys that you got for the most part. Maybe get some pay cuts on the cornerback position with Nelson and Hayden, or you know, keep one and you know invest it in in another person. Um, but. You know, or maybe keep them both and think that you know you just need them both to be healthy. But either way, to me, this was a, pl- a game where you needed to find more consistent answers in the defensive play calling, and it weren't, and they weren't there. All right, so we talked about the offense, we talked about the defense. Now we got to talk about the future. I know you don't want to have this conversation. You're probably avoiding it. Probably click turning off your, you know. You know closing your Twitter account as soon as you start to hear it, but we got to talk about it. Was that the end of Ben Roethlisberger? Is that the end of a lot of Steelers on this team? We'll get into that right after this. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person and helps someone lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat during the day. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber, and they're great for a keto diet. 
Instead of, of when you're tired and hungry at work and you need a boost to get through the day, instead of going to the vending machine and getting those cupcakes, or those Pop-Tarts, or those potato chips, get something healthy like a Built Bar. It'll fill you up, taste great, and get you through the rest of your day with the energy that you need. And Built Bar comes in 18 amazing different flavors. Six of those new, fla new flavors are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. You can get all those flavors by going to their website right now at BuiltBar.com. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. So, like I said, the unpleasant conversation gets more unpleasant. Because we got to ask the question, was that Ben Roethlisberger's last game as a Pittsburgh Steeler? Should it be Ben Roethlisberger's last game? If you go back and you look at those, the clips at the end of the game, you saw Ben sitting on the bench. You saw the tears. You saw him talking to Pouncey, the pain in their faces. You saw Ben crying as he was leaving the field. You saw him and Juju talking, trying to console each other. You saw a lot of pain there. And Ben has made it clear that he was planning on coming back this whole time anyways. And he's not going to announce it right away. Watch, he's, watch he announces to, like today as, as you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I look at this and I don't think Ben's going to just walk away unless the Steelers tell him to. And of course, your, ne your next logical question, should the Steelers tell him to? Now, there's a lot of people out there that think that they should, that they've seen enough, that the, the collapse in these last few games should be it. And the other person that, of course, everyone's talking about is Mike Tomlin. Should Mike Tomlin go? My answer, as always, is not, it's not as simple as people want to make it out to be. Should Ben go? Yes. Should Tom go? Yes. Should, you know, no. It's not a yes and no. Simply, I think with 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 this team, there's a few things that obviously need to happen. On offense, sorry Ben, this we gave you as many weapons as we could. We gave you four athletic receivers that were drafted in the early rounds, and a playmaker tight end in Ebron, and. You were really good for 10 weeks, but in the home stretch of the season, you fell apart. If this team's going to win, it can't depend on you. We got to invest else, elsewhere. And part of that might be the offensive line, which I thought, you know, if you were listening to my mock draft Mondays, which won't start until after the Super Bowl, by the way, so don't ask me to do it right away. Um, but if we're doing, you know, but if you if you remember my mock draft Mondays all Last season or last offseason, it was getting offensive linemen. Maybe some running backs. Because I knew that this team needed to be able to run the ball at some point. And this year when they went into it, I was like, okay. Early on, the, the efficiency was working. The, the throwing the ball was working. And Ben was making the right plays. And it stopped. Why? Because Ben stopped being efficient. And he stopped throwing the ball in the right places. And he kept getting this team in trouble. And you look at, he had turnovers and all the losses. 
that's where that that's where I think the obvious problem is. And when you look at that as an, as a team, do you decide okay, do we go forward with Ben Roethlisberger and just invest in these things and see what you can do with it? Because to me, I have to sit down with him as uh, as an owner, as a GM, as a coach. Not that I've been either. I know what any of those guys go through on a daily basis in their own brain and what in their line of work. But if I'm building a team, I got to know, like, look, Ben, just handing you the keys with Feigner, it it didn't work. There's got to be some wholesale changes here, and. If you want to get another shot at this, you got to be willing to accept those changes, which may mean a new coordinator, which may mean you're not throwing the ball as much next year because we're getting, you know, an, on a new offensive lineman or two and a running back. Maybe. And again, the problem is with this is that this can go so many different ways. There's going to be a lot of different things that could happen before – we even get to this point of the conversation. Because I know a lot of people were like, well, what if they get to Sean Watson? Guys, <laughs> guys, just stop. Just don't do that, please. Um, but if I'm putting this team together moving forward, I don't think the organization is broken. I don't think that – because if they were broken, they wouldn't have won 12 games this year. Um, and they wouldn't have won eight with no quarterback last year. I think the problems come when typically you see quarterbacks step up and they win games for their teams. And I mean, let's let's look at the other teams that won in the first week of the postseason. Tom Brady for the for the Buccaneers, two touchdowns, no interceptions, two hundred and eighty one yards. Completing passes, by the way, to Antonio Brown. Baltimore Ravens. Granted, Lamar Jackson didn't have great passing numbers, but he was still the threat on the field because he knows how to run. The Saints. Breeze. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, kept the game in control. Never put this never put his team in, in, in a huge jeopardy like that. The Rams are the one exception because that was weird. But even in that, Goff going nine of nineteen didn't turn the ball over. They also did have a ground game which their ground game is weird. And then, of course, Josh Allen, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 324 passing yards. The teams that were winning there, and then also the number one seeds, by the way, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, it's because they had quarterbacks that weren't throwing the game away in those situations. And that's what the Steelers need right now. Even if it means that he's not the supreme playmaker on your offense, you just need the quarterback to to not make the huge mistakes that dig your team the hole. Because, you know, it was it was fun when you started to believe that there was hope because Ben Roethlisberger started hitting the ball down the field. But the whole time I'm sitting there like, this is what they needed to do coming out the gate. This is what he needed to do coming out the gate. Look downfield, throw the deep ball, challenge that secondary, and it wasn't done enough. Now, again, I'm not saying easily just cut him off and he's done. He's a bum. He's never going to do it. But you have to sit down with him. It's like, look, big changes got to be made. One of them might be letting you go, Mar- Marquise, uh, letting go your boy Marquise Pouncey. You feel for Pouncey? He's been a warrior for you for, what, 11 years? 
12 years. My math sucks. But he was a liability. Especially last night. But through a lot of points of the season. He doesn't have the ability to win in, in the hole anymore. He's not a pulling lead blocker anymore. And he's messing up snaps. And he's one of those people that makes more than $14 million next year. Uh-uh. Can't add that. I look at, and again, so you sit down, you're talking to Ben, like, I know that's your boy. That's your best friend. But there's got to be an, up, an upgrade at that position. Or he's got to lose money. And then, of course, the obvious question is, what do you do with Ben's contract? He makes $41.2 million against the cap next year. Are you extending him? I mean, you're probably not wanting to after that game, right? So what do you do? You're thinking you get rid of him? I think that's where we're gonna. there's going to be a lot of closed-door conversations that we are not going to be privy to. Where the Steelers are going to say, okay, changes have to be made. This is where you're going to make them. Again, I think this, this team has plenty of young playmakers on it. I don't think it's bereft of talent. It's obvious. Chase Claypool, get him the doggone football. Five catches, seven targets, 59 yards, and two touchdowns. And you saw when he scored that last one, he spiked it. He was just furious. He's like, I can't believe this is happening right now. Deontay Johnson can get open and make plays. James Washington can get open and make plays. Will Juju be back? That's a good question. I don't think so. Just money-wise, it's tough. But he's a warrior. And then as much as people don't like him for his dancing and all his other stuff, he came to fight in this game. And he wasn't the reason they lost. Not even close. And people who are trying to make it about, oh, he shouldn't have said stuff about the Browns. Please. Police. If you think that that has, any, has uh, much more to do with this loss than Ben Roethlisberger's four interceptions and Pouncey's snap overhead, get out of here with that. But then again, where do the changes come? For those who are calling for Mike Tomlin's head, you, you, you know if you listen to this show, I ain't doing that. That's ridiculous. This team isn't broken beyond repair. You know, I, I, I was talking to Mark Madden and Tim Benz on the final word, and they kept ringing, oh, they collapsed three years in a row at the end of the season. Okay, let's be real. One, one collapse was because they didn't have a quarterback. They were working with Devlin Hodges. And, and it's like when you keep saying three years in a row, three years in a row, it's like, okay, okay, you keep glossing over a huge problem there that we knew was going to catch up with them. 2018, yes, they collapsed. But again, look at the key moments of those collapses. What happened? Turnovers in the wrong moments. One by Juju, one by Steven Ridley, more by Roethlisberger. Protecting the football. And then what happened in this in this sorry, in the end of this season? Quarterback play dipped significantly. To me, this will be a challenge for Mike Tomlin. This will be the challenge for Mike Tomlin. How do you handle going forward from this situation? Do you tell Ben, you know what? If you're sticking around, we need you to make these big changes. Or go with what we're doing because obviously giving you your offensive coordinator, and let's be clear, Randy Feetner was always his offensive coordinator being Ben Roethlisberger's. 
and letting the offense revolve around you and get just getting you more more playmaker wide receivers. Obviously, that's not the ticket. It looked like it was the ticket for a while. But when push came to shove and they needed you to be the man, it wasn't. So maybe that has to get taken out of the equation there. I'm not saying that the answer is definitely get rid of Ben Roethlisberger. I'm saying the the answer is going to come from sitting down and talking to him and saying, like, we got to make these changes. Now, granted, this is the most embarrassing playoff win I think that they've gone through since I've been watching. And, yes, I'm putting this over Tebow. Because at least with that team, there were Hall of Famers on that defense that you lost to. And Tebow was just kind of the – he got the highlight play at the end. Because he only completed, what, 10 passes in that game? But this was different. This was everything. This was everything that you needed it not to be. It was a complete nightmare. And not and it had been different if they had gotten blown out by the Bills. But you lost to a team like the Browns, who, as they, you give them credit for the things they did right, but you handed the game to them on a silver platter. You spot them seven points to start the game. You give them belief to start the whole thing. And now they're saying, oh, we can play with these guys. And then they're beating the tar out of you. And then you keep putting your defense out there as they're trying to catch their breath because you keep turning the ball over. See, to me, when I, when I, when I look at teams and I look, I look at, okay, that's a, that needs to be a coaching change, it's when there are no play calls to be had that are going to fix a situation. To me, it's when, it's when, you know what? There's no chance for a win in this team. You know, Adam Gase, obviously. Anthony Lynn, obviously. But when there's coaches that they know how to develop teams to get them to win and get them to the playoffs and get them in the situations where if they execute and the plays are there, that they can win, those are the coaches I don't give up on. That's why, that's why I think it was great that the Saints didn't give up on Sean Payton, even though he had back three straight losing seasons. It's why I don't think the Seahawks should give up on Pete Carroll, even though this was a collapse on their part as well. It's why you're seeing what happened when the Ravens didn't give up on Harbaugh, even though they were about to. Lamar Jackson comes in, he's able to keep the team going and keep the things going there. But I'm not for I'm not for this, thing, you know, just saying like, you know what, let's just get rid of Tomlin and hope for the best. Because you know what teams have done stuff like that? The Giants. They got rid of Tom Coughlin. And sure, Tom Coughlin had his down years with them, but you knew eventually he'd have like his spurt where they were they'd have a couple years where they'd make some serious runs. They'd get to the NFC championship game. Sometimes they'd win the Super Bowl. Heck, if it wasn't for them, if it wasn't for Tom Coughlin and Eli Manning and that that Giants team, Tom Brady and the Patriots would have eight Super Bowls right now. But what happened when you got rid of Coughlin? They tanked, and they've been in the pit of despair ever since. And going away from your guy would be the most anti-Steelers thing that they could do. Now, if Mike Tomlin wants to hang it up, that's up to him. If Ben Roethlisberger wants to hang it up, that's up to him. But Chuck Noll went on his own terms. Bill Cowher went on his own terms. 
And when Bill Cowher had back-to-back losing seasons and then three straight non-playoff seasons, he got an extension. Because the Rooney saw, like, you know what? Heck, hey, we're sticking with our guy. Because he does know at least how to win. He's just in a rut right now. And we just got to see if he can get out of it. And again, I don't think, you know, that was in, the, in the late 90s, the, the Steelers needed talent. They, would, they needed to add pieces all over the place. Right now, I mean, you go into next season, granted, there's got to be some free agency moves, but you still like T.J. Watt being on your team. You're excited about Alex Highsmith. You're excited to get Devin Bush back. You're excited about Minka Fitzpatrick. You're excited about Chase Claypool. You're excited about Kevin Dotson. You're probably still you're still excited about Deontay Johnson. Your your question marks are the rest of the, you know, the offensive line. Who sticks around? Where do you invest at? Running back position, eh, obviously. Excuse me. Not to say you're still happy with Tuit and Hayward, but you gotta. There has to be a legit conversation about them them in the postseason and that the way that they did not perform in that last game. And then you got to see what you're doing at cornerback. But there's plenty of, of there's still a nucleus of talent you can build around for the Steelers. It's not like this isn't like a they they have to completely rebuild. And that's the thing is like there's still very much a core within this team that could become the next core that guy that that controls the team even after Ben Pouncey and whoever else goes. Now, granted, they will need a quarterback in that time, which is a whole other conversation. But again, that's when I that's why I'm done with the head coach when they are that that is the problem but when you try to when people try to you know do the magic pill and that's why I said in the first segment that there's no magic pill for what 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 happened wrong on offense of this game they turned the ball over and I don't care how many um, you know as a coach if my center who's played in the 12 for 12 years does that is that on me or is that on execution it's on execution now, again, granted, I think that they could have not rested their guys in in week seventeen, and maybe they come out and play. They keep they keep the energy going. But bottom line, there still were plenty of opportunities to win this playoff game. Even when they were down twenty eight nothing, they got this game down to twelve points. They got this game down. I mean, they they lost by eleven. You know, Ben doesn't throw that last dumb interception. You get a couple stops on defense. Or you even get one more stop and you avoid that last interception. And you're talking about a whole different ball game. But that's why I'm saying I'm not on the get rid of Tomlin train. And I'm also not on the, on the automatic just get rid of Ben train. I am on the on the talk to Ben train. Because you got to know where he's at, and he says he's 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 said all season he's ready to play again next year, but it's like dog, there's got to be some there, there's got to be some changes here because going with the same plan this this isn't like this isn't like 2015 where they were down to Fitzgerald Toussaint and Jordan Todman, and it's just like hey you know what you didn't have Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And Ben Roethlisberger had a broken shoulder, and your defense was hurt. Of you know, and, and even though they were missing several pieces in this game, it wasn't like that. That was a let's run this back and let's see what happens. And in 2016, they made the AFC Championship game, and then of course they were down to no wide receivers outside of Antonio Brown and no Le'Veon Bell, and they lost to the Patriots. 
that's that's where I'm like, okay, there needs to be changes there. But again, I'm not just throwing those changes immediately without without talking to Ben because you can work with him if he's part of what's going to be coming next, which will inv- involve investing in an offensive line and in a ground game. But it's a serious question as far as how far that change can go. Huh. Sorry for the long one, but there's a lot of things to cover. We got a lot more things to cover this week. This is the end of today's show, but we got Tony Serino coming on tomorrow. He's got a lot to say, and oh, I think Tony's going to rip some people some new ones. He doesn't have to pay up on his jersey bet, even with the mulligan. That sucked. But we'll talk about a lot of things with him. We hope that we're helping you get through this rough Monday, Steelers fans. Hang in there. I know this is a rough one, but you'll get through it, and we'll get you through it uh, you know, through the offseason right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Thanks to all those who are listening. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Also, please leave us a five-star review as well as a positive comment. Doing so really helps out the show. Thanks so much, Steeler Nation. Hang in there. We'll be back at you tomorrow.